don't be a squirrel and try a thousand things. Pick one thing, try it for like six months. If it doesn't work, go to the next, go to the next thing. Just keep trying something until you feel like this is where I'm meant to stick. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guests on this episode of the podcast are absolutely great. There are a couple awesome investors up in New Hampshire with a very inspiring story so far. They give a ton of advice about a bunch of different topics, from managing a project to reno, finding and utilizing the right resources and people to succeed in the investing space, trying out different things and seeing which ones you love, and so much more. Andrew and Natalie shared so much value today, and I hope you enjoy the show. But before we jump in, would you guys mind please leaving a rating and a review down below? I always love hearing your thoughts on how I can make the podcast better. It does really mean a lot to me. Thank you so, so much. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 98 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we get the great pleasure of chatting with Andrew Bosco and Natalie Barnett an awesome couple of investors with a two family in Manchester, New Hampshire. I'm very excited to chat with them today and hear their story. What is going on, guys? I'm super excited to have you on here today and, and dig into your, your story. Thanks, Kyle. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're super excited to share. <laughs> awesome. So to kind of jump right into things, you know, let's let's kind of get into your guy's story like how'd you get into real estate like tell us the your superhero backstory if you will why don't you start yeah no no problem um so i guess to to, to preface andrew and i uh met at keen state um really going back and um you know obviously we hit it off we've traveled the world together everything like that a uh, big decision when we decided to finally come home uh, from being international was we wanted to make smart investments for our future, our future together. So um, I'm really unfortunate where my family has been in the uh, real estate and, uh, you know, development background since, you know, my grandparents, my uncles, my parents themselves. So I've known a lot about some of the things that we talked about from the beginning. Um, again, I'm fortunate where I'm the younger sibling of two older brothers. So uh, my my brother before me actually decided for her his first home with his wife is to get a two family. So I really liked the idea, um, kind of brought it up with Andrew. And then we looked at each other and we're like, I think this is the right decision to kind of go into, uh, for our first home. I don't know if I'm going to touch on that. Yeah, no, I, I, to kind of like touch on that and echo what Natalie is saying is, uh, you know, my, my parents' background, my dad is like the tradesman of all tradesmen. He's literally a master electrician and no, he's a master, uh, master plumber and a journeyman electrician and he he built like he's built like he worked on ports of new hampshire i think he's worked on like if you think he came up to 36 of the 17 1800s homes he's like a pretty big framer uh, works a lot of woodworking and you know his background too is he built um, our family is actually two family beach house in seabrook new hampshire and like right on the water we have an extra an extra lot it's a great piece of land but he built that with my grandfather like back in the 60s 70s and so like he's always like tried to kind of expose me to like that level of um like kind of building and you know, creating your own craft. And there's, you know, I used to laugh because he used to always say, there's a right and a wrong way to do everything. It's up to you to make the decision how you want to do it. 
So it was kind of a, it was kind of like a whole push into the, you know, especially with Nat and I talk about getting the multifamily, it's like, okay, like if we're going to do it, let's do it right. And let's get it done right. So we don't have to think or worry about different problems. So we've kind of been, we've definitely been exposed, I think, for a good majority of our lives. But we're really fortunate in that regard. That's beautiful. That's, that's kind of the perfect combination, you know, like the real estate meets the trades and it's like, like, just make it happen. And that's incredible. No, yeah, it's good. And and honestly, like Nat's father too, he's a great contractor. Mom's a great real estate agent. My dad is really savvy um, contracting wise. My mom was an agent, like, you know, a few years ago. So it's kind of, it's nice. We've had definitely exposure to a lot of the aspects of real estate. Yeah. That's super cool. Wow. Yeah. So did, um, did the both of you guys kind of like grow up in New Hampshire or just kind of pick New Hampshire? Um, so I'm actually from Connecticut, so, um, I definitely have more background in, in that kind of, uh, area, but Andrew grew up in New Hampshire uh, in Rochester. Um, and like I said, we both met at Keene. So uh, I came up here for college, um, fell in love with New Hampshire. You guys have mountains here where obviously Connecticut is just a hill. So, um, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, in all honesty, like for our two family too, and buying here, I would say like, I was a big pusher of that because my, my mindset for the state of New Hampshire was, Hey, listen, there's no income tax. Yeah, there's property taxes that are higher, but you can work in a commercial area to keep your taxes low. Um, the reality is that I don't think the market is going to ever be like that bad here because it's a, it's really a commuter state. And everyone talks about the triangle of New Hampshire. You live in New Hampshire, you make Boston money, and you buy a lake house in Maine. That's just like the that's the triage like everybody tries to do. And that's kind of like <laughs> the that's kind of like what happens, right? So, and that's something that I was like, okay, Manchester's just south enough. It's you know, it's far enough away from like where my family is and that relative, that's a little bit of separation like that we all kind of pretty much need. And it's also, you know, an hour's drive to Boston, you know, 30, 45 minutes to the mountains, the lakes. And it's, it's just geolocation, like a great area to live in. That's cool. I've actually, I've never heard that before. Like the triangle thing. That's, that's pretty oh, awesome. It's, it's such <laughs> yeah. a thing, dude. I don't it's, know who, uh, who, you, who you heard that from, but no, it's all, like, honestly, well, I live all, by all, it now. Honestly, <laughs> like a large, like my family's, my family's uh, friends, like growing up too, that was always, they always did that. They all worked in Boston. They all lived in Manchester uh, in like New Hampshire. And then all their lake houses were somewhere like near Sebago or something because they were like, oh, the taxes don't, they don't crush you as much as they do in New Hampshire was always the big thing. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, Natalie, I definitely feel you on kind of, you know, like in New Hampshire and everything and kind of falling yeah. in love with it because so I actually, we're just talking about it a little bit before the call, but so there was like a, a three-day event with, um you know, one of the, the groups that Andrew and I are in this weekend and one of the properties, or I should say two of the properties that we went to on Friday for like a, a tour, one of them was a four family in Manchester and the other one was a two family in Chester and okay, this was yeah. the first time that I've ever or the second time I've ever been to Manchester and the first time I've ever been to Chester and I was telling some of the guys I work with today I'm like dude I'm like this like Chester town is wicked cool I'm like it was gorgeous I'm like I don't know anything about New Hampshire right yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. outside of like the Rockingham ball and like that's it you know what I mean yeah. but <laughs> But it was nuts, you know, like just kind of seeing like, you know, all the the leaves, um, like the colors of the leaves were like all changing and like it was gorgeous. And even like the scarecrows that like every house has like a different theme that people do. I'm like, the sense of community <laughs> is nuts. I'm like, I've never really seen something like this before. I'm like, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's pretty interesting to think like if you look back the history of like the towns in New Hampshire too, like Bedford was not what Bedford is now. Bedford was a farm town. And that's, so it's kind of interesting, like Chester too, like I, like I think of Chester as a farm town is like what I consider it as. And it's just they, their access point is Manchester. Yeah. It's just, it's, it was really cool. So I, I definitely feel you on that one. 
so when it came to like when you guys first got pre-approved right like i guess what was kind of going through your head in terms of like markets or you know like the cities towns that you wanted to try and kind of look in like did you want to kind of keep it like relatively close you know what what was kind of um i'd say and again this is i'm very fortunate that my mom is a practicing real estate agent and she's very, very good at her job in Connecticut. So um, she was dealing with basically the whole hustle bustle of the, you know, the buying market. Like every everyone wanted to buy, everyone From wanted to sell. October to yeah. really when we bought in February. Oh yeah. So yeah. she she looked at me and, she, and everyone, I have to say the biggest thing out of out of everything was everyone was like, don't, don't do it. Don't buy. You're 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 gonna mess this up. Don't don't do that. So my mom looks at me and she's like, you should start buying right now. Right now is the time to buy. She goes, you may not quote unquote pay a little more. She goes, but you're really not going to. Honestly, the, the interest rates are so good right now. You're better off trying to go for a house um, than not, not trying at all. What was your phrase? Money's cheap? Yeah. She's like, money's cheap right now. Two to 3% interest rates. She goes, do it, do it. <laughs> um, but, but with but, the pre-approval process, Again, again, I feel very lucky. Like one of our, our good family friends is um, uh, a mortgage. Um, She's a lender. Lender, thank you. Mortgage Perfect. lender. <laughs> so again, uh, just fortunate that we knew people who we trusted in the industry that were going to get us uh, the right stuff and the right rates and and uh, kind of get us where we need to be. I don't know if you want to touch. No, I mean, the other thing, because Kyle was focusing like on the areas too, right? So, right, like, right. I mean, we were... Our, our two states that we were looking at were really, we were just so anti-Massachusetts. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry. We just like, I was like, I, I don't want to do the driving. I wanna, I, just everything for, with Massachusetts. Like my friends live in Salem and I'm just like, oh my God, oh. I, I would die. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I would die if I lived here. It's 30 minutes of the highway? No. Um, no, going back to what you were saying, yeah. which is like, in which the area, right? So uh, we were we were looking at Manchester, Southern New Hampshire, uh, like, you know, Bedford, Derry, Manchester, Nashville. We were looking at all the areas. I was, and this is just being totally candid, I was pushing for like, you know, those areas are good. We should also look at like Dover, Summersworth. Those are good spots. Um, the problem is, is that there were 10 minutes for my parents. And that was something that, you know, that's part of being in a relationship where you like kind of have to leverage back and forth and be like, you know what? And for Nat, and I totally get it. She's like, no, it's too far. It's too close to your parents. And my parents are wonderful people, but I think you definitely need that separation. So we kind of just said, hey, you know what? Let's find let's ha- find a happy medium. I bet we'll find something. Let's let's open our broad of scope. And the key, I think, for you and I was it's got to be in an. It, we were really looking for like actually like a city at this point, because we were like it's going to have a better rental market in the future, and we have quote unquote more to do. Like now, like we, we're like ten minutes from pickleball, which is like what we're addicted to. Yeah. Like like five minutes from the store, like to go grocery shopping, whatever it is. So I think those areas that was kind of like our big scope. I I definitely think we were too narrow in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely were very narrow in yeah. the beginning. I mean, I definitely had a, a, a idea in my head of what I was doing that we were first time home buyers yeah. trying to do this, you know, were we competitive? Not even close. So we had to expand. <laughs> um, yeah. And we're, we were FHS. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly, Manchester held everything that we were looking for, especially since we both hold jobs in Massachusetts that it was a great um, commute, yep. really easy commute, really great commute to the mountains um, where we were able to hike and everything like that too. But uh, like Andrew said, the biggest part about it was that we were able to see the market in Manchester and know that we're yeah. always able to rent. 
but I would definitely say the areas in Manchester of looking at where our friends were like, where should we buy? And they basically like showed like these are the good neighborhoods. They circled. That, they were like, don't, they're like this whole center part, don't go here, go to the other places. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I do really like, you know, how you guys used FHA to kind of get into that, you yep. know, as uh, with, you know, as, as low down as possible and everything and kind of jump into that journey. Um, tell me a little bit about the house, like before, you know, it was kind of stabilized. Like, did it come with tenants as much as you want to share? I'm not sure. No, we're we're completely open books when it comes to (laughs) it. I think showing the experience is better than anything. Go on. To to be honest, I would actually touch on the houses, the house we were going to get that we backed out on. That's probably a good story for this at least. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh Oh, did you freeze Kyle? Um, can you guys still hear me? We can. You're, You're just totally frozen on our screen. Okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of frozen on mine too. We could just keep rolling with it. As okay, long as no, you can no hear me, that, that's fine. <laughs> no, no worries. Yeah. So um the reason I'm bringing this up is because the house that we're in now was one that I that like I will tell you flat out I wrote off immediately. I was like, no, we're not doing that house. I was like, that that's not gonna happen. We were gonna yeah. do this other house. Um, I remember what street it was still on too, it was on uh, Dick Street. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was like DIX Street. And we were so <laughs> close. And the part we were right at the papers, and my dad actually came to look at the house and he looked at like the plumbing, looked at and he just looked at us and he was like, I wouldn't do it. And I was like, what's wrong? And he goes, it was because we were there and he touched a pipe, the sewage pipe, and it burst. He literally <laughs> touched it in the basement and it blew right open. And so a plumber came in and they just strapped in it. They didn't replace the whole pipe. They just did a patch job. And my dad yeah. looked at me and he goes, they made it look really nice, but there's a, he goes, this thing has some bone issues. He's like, look at the wood here. Look. And so we were like, okay, okay, whatever. We were trying to we were ignorant, I think, at that time. And we just like, we just want to get a house. Long story short, we actually, the house underappraised, right? Yeah, like a it, lot. It underappraised by, by like 30 to 40 grand. Like 50 grand. Wow. 50 grand oh underappraised, which in this market, you did not expect yeah, it was so none of us expected yeah. that. So yeah. then they wanted the fuller amount that we had. It just didn't work out. So then yep. we basically said, nope, we're not going to do this. Skip fast forward. We had no house, no call. And then our real estate agent called us and she said, do you remember that house on Amherst Street in Beacon? And we were like, yeah. Well, the first buyer fell through because their financing didn't hold up. They lost their job. Which is terrible. It's bad Which news. Which is terrible for bad them. Bad news for bad them. Bad news for them. Great and news this is a woman that wasn't, the seller wasn't using a real estate agent. She was doing it herself. Yeah. And she said, you were the next highest offer. We want to consider you for the offer. So we went through all the paperwork and did everything. And that that's kind of how we landed our house. And that's, I just, it was kind of interesting because that the only reason that we ended up getting this house is because somebody, and unfortunately, you know, somebody lost the chance to have financing and we gained it, which worked out in our favor. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent, you know, and, and that's definitely and something. That, yeah. They oh. called us that day. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're no, good, no, you're good. you're good. You're good. Um, no. And that was, that was just, it was quick. It was turn around. Yeah, but, but, but I'd say we should probably describe what the house looks like now, right. which is, go ahead. You can start. Um, there we go. Oh, we can keep going. I'm, I'm just trying to mess with the camera a little bit. Okay. You want to take a break real quick, Kyle? No, that's okay. Honestly, oh, okay. I mean, it's as long as you guys can hear me, that's all that matters. I'm just trying yeah, to get you're the good. camera to work. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, for physically how the house I think that's probably where Andrew and I, as much as as much as we've both had experiences working on houses with our with our fathers and with our parents for so many years. Yep. It, I never realized how immature or, you know, un, unsure I was about something until we walked into our home. Um, firstly, we had plaster walls. Our house is 18, 1890s th- home. No, they think it's earlier than that. They, okay. they just said 18 something. It could be 1850s or 1880s or 1890s. They don't, 
There's right. no, there's no clear date. Yeah, right. Let's go with that. But I mean, when, when my, we did get an inspection, which was very rare in the first place, but the woman was, was really great about it. So she loves doing an inspection. Um, first thing we noticed was half of the stuff was out of code. We brought it up. We, we asked about it. They, 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 she said the electrical panel was hundred amps. It wasn't our electrician 60. tested it. It was 60 amps for both units. That was the problem. We found they, we actually skipped over it in the first inspection. The we, there's a well in the basement that was never filled in, so there's just a giant oh. open hole in our basement, basically. Yeah. Like oh, like I like the ring would come out of there, like yeah. in the movie. Back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The plaster walls are fine. The drop ceilings were kind of dead indicators to us. We took we looked at them and we both made the remark and I said, I bet somebody put this in here to cover a failing ceiling, mm -hmm. and that's what happened. Um, in both the bathroom and one of the other rooms. Yeah. Um, the floors are never, we have really nice hardwood floors. Original, uh, beautiful original, hardwood be floors. Yeah. Just really beat up though. Just beat up, never taken care of. So there's that. Um, and then I'd say- Kitchen was the, completely oh, done. The kitchen didn't come with a refrigerator. That was a big thing. And there was no laundry, there was no water hookups for washer dryer. In either unit. In either unit. Um, and anywhere in the house. So, and then um, the, the newest thing in the house was the HVAC. They definitely- they put they put in a, a brand new HVAC system for the house because I said I guess they were complaining about that but then I'd say old windows old doors all those aspects so yeah. it, this was definitely um, we were told by Nat's mother and she cracks me up she goes she made the remark like your generation wants like more turnkey they don't want to do the work because the reality <laughs> is there's less tradespeople in your generation and she's like the house that you're going to get is one that needs work right. that's just the reality especially as first time home buyers in a market where yeah. everyone wants a house. <laughs> so I mean and I think when we looked at the scope of the work Andrew and I were uh hopeful but naive very naive I, I think I said it four months into the into the reno which was if you told me how much work this was going to be I probably wouldn't have bought it right yeah and I, I I went in totally blind being like I'm just going to shut up put blinders on I'm going to have analysis paralysis <laughs> if I look at this anymore and I'm just going to do this I think a good thing, if I must say about Andrew and I's uh, relationship is I'm definitely, we're both logical people. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I definitely have a vision in my head of something and I tend to just want to do it and I will do it and I will get it done. Yeah. And Andrew sometimes is my, is my person to be like, all right, relax. We got to think it through and have a plan and do this. So I think for this time around, it really helps the two of us to kind of be like, all right, let's uh, yeah. let's configure a plan, but we're gonna do it. It's gonna be like a, a big dream kind of thing. Like, let's get this done. But um, but basically, it's you know, yeah, <laughs> hard to figure out. It's hard to explain <laughs> how it, um, yeah. the whole concept of it. But I mean, I think uh, you know, just to give a quick overview of the expectation of what we came into with the house was uh, we expected it to be just a quick aesthetic look I, we both thought it was gonna be a month and a half two months of aesthetic look and it turned into a five-month reno where we redid okay. the electrical <laughs> the plumbing. we, we stripped uh, electrical strip plumbing yeah brand new bathroom Rent, tiled both bathrooms yeah for scope of work i would say yeah both kitchen upstairs we was did, done completely new appliances yeah. for every single for our unit and the unit upstairs um yeah we basically did two homes yeah yeah <laughs> that was a very no. long one yeah answer, sorry I, I, it's, no, uh, <laughs> it was a big scope of work yeah not to keep no no I, I love it honestly and I I definitely relate with you guys on that one like not to not to change the subject but like going into my house like I definitely had the same sort of thing happen where like I'm like oh you know like there's only really a couple things it shouldn't be too expensive and it turned out to be something 
multiples more expensive than I thought it was going to be. So it's, it's definitely, you know, one of those things where like, I feel like even, you know, as we continue to buy properties, as we continue to, you know, kind of learn what some of these, these items and, and services and everything cost, like it's, it's just a lot more awareness, you know, and it's, it's, I feel like it's really hard, like right off the bat to kind of like see exactly what you're getting into, especially in, you know, some of these older homes and everything where like, all right, you know, I fixed one problem and now there's three more, like son of a gun, <laughs> you know, the onion, like, man. yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things too, where like it, it totally can be a little discouraging, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. How, how was that? I've never really asked something like this before because I've I've felt this for myself and it was a little rough, but it, it was kind of my own fault in a way. But of things taking like, you know, going through the process and kind of having a hard time, like seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and like, you know, not just like the checklist that's like stupid long and everything. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, like how was it for you guys kind of kind of going through that? All right. So I already, yeah, I mumbled that. Like, I got this one because so I'm, so basically long, like for my, for my W2, my job, like I'm basically a pro, like a project manager. So like, mm -hmm. I know what the light at the end of the tunnel is with those. I have a pretty darn good understanding who are the stakeholders, who are the ball players. Real estate is a lot different in the sense, it's the same concept, but it's different in the sense of, I have never seen a project from start to finish. Like I had the arrogance in their, in our rental being like, I'm not going to get a dumpster. That's a waste of $500. I'm going to take all the trash, put it in a bag, put it in the back of a truck and bring it to the dump because I can do that and it's going to be cheaper. Well, it wasn't. So there's things like that. Like that was discouraging to me, things like that. But the end of the tunnel light, I guess, to your point, I that happened to me. You're in, I was in glory mode in the first, in the first product. I, we demoed a room, like our bedroom behind us. And we basically ripped out the walls and I was in glory. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to rip all this stuff out. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to get it done next week. And then you realize there's sub subcontractor schedules. And then you find out, oh, my electrician's three weeks booked out. Oh, I need a plumber. I go through, we, I think we interviewed like seven plumbers until we could find someone. Then it's a month later. Then I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have no idea how long this is going to take. Then I think like the first, I think that it really hit me out of two months in when I had to pay my first mortgage without a tenant. And I was like, Oh it my hurts. god! I was yeah. like, "This hurts!" Like this it hurts I, like, a lot. I, I yeah. like, I like, it like stabbed me. I was like, I was like, "When are we going to be done?" And it, her parents were, inc Nat's parents were really good. My dad even mentioned it to my parents are saying it about they talked about like the hill of a project, and they were like, my, her dad looked at me and he goes, "I'm like, where are we in the hill?" Like he made the remark. remark he goes, "You're not even at the top yet." He's like, "Not even close." He's like, "You're like at the base, like just about to climb the steep part." And I was like, "I ripped out a room," and he goes, "You ripped out one room. You have." nine more to go. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I think once he gave that from the, once I had like that view site from a project manager standpoint, I looked at Nat, I was like, we got to go. I was like, this is, I was like, we're going to be paying this mortgage till December without a tenant. We're going to be screwed. This is not good. <laughs> that was really like my disappointment phase. It was, we bought our, we closed on two twenty two twenty two, And I think like April, the midway of April, I was like, oh crap. I was like, we need to boogie. Like we need to move. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you there. It's, um, I, yeah. <laughs> so like I've had, I actually just got one of my units that was giving me a hard time for most of the year last year, finally under, or rented rather, leased up. 
and I was paying two thirds of the mortgage myself, which was equivalent Ooh. to one of my biweekly checks, like basically the whole thing. So I, I totally feel you guys there. And it's like, oh crap, like this thing literally like needs to get done yesterday or yes. we're going to have more questions to figure out <laughs> more challenges to overcome. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's really interesting though. And I mean, even like in different aspects of, you know, for us, it was a buy and hold or, you know, a, a owner occupied for a little bit, like whatever the situation was, but like, I could just imagine, you know, kind of going through something like that. If you're trying to do a flip or something and the financing's 10, 11% or something, a couple points, you know, like I'd be like, you know, wouldn't be able to sleep. Like, all right, like you guys like, come on, come on, come on, you know? And yeah, the whole thing. That's definitely are, the hard part. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you do I, get, Sorry, I'm sorry. Please no, no I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just going to say, you do get to a point where Andrew and I were waking up every single day, like in, uh, I don't know, I'd say like March, April, and May. We were there every single day, every day, yeah, like for as long as we possibly could. Just, yep. just like, I, I think we blacked out for three months. And this is the luck of working remotely. Like, I didn't have to go on site at this time. So, like, Same. for me, a lot of my work, I would like, you know, stay a little bit later, just crush it. What crush it I have to do with like work wise. And we look at the calendar and be like, okay, like I don't have meetings for four hours. Right. All my work's done. Like, let's go, let's get this done. And, you know, let's go paint that room. We'll get half of it done, but hell it's, you know, and the thing is it was a 45 minute drive from where we were staying. So it just, oh, yeah. it just worked out. It, right. it was, it was always a two hour or an extra two hour to do because you're like, oh, I'm so tired. And every, I make the, we make the remark from 2.22.22 to about June, we moved in. I blacked out. I don't remember anything. I, I just remember working on this house. That's yeah. all. That's all I remember <laughs> from soup to nuts. Yeah, that's it. It was like I, I sold the deal and then I painted a room and then I was like, okay, I gotta go back to my computer, sell another deal. Okay, all right, now I gotta go do the trim work. Like it was. Yeah. It's just you. You make it work. You just yep. have to make it work because you just do not want to pay the additional full mortgage. That was just a big, big motivator at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost like an accountability partner in a way, right? Because you kind of have to. 100%. Get it done, or bad things will happen. <laughs> right, <know>? right. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's that's phenomenal, though. You know, and I feel like that is definitely a big lesson. You know, to kind of share is like me, or pretty much like a conversation that isn't really had too often is just like how much of an impact the holding costs can have. Like, especially if you're like going to be a house hacker, if you want to do the work yourself, you know, it's it's something to consider, and something that I learned the hard way myself was so I wanted to do a lot of the work myself definitely you know relate to you guys on that one and the thing that I realized like a couple months in is that like that's great that you want to do the work yourself and like if you have the time fantastic but the thing that I didn't realize was the learning curve of doing some of the stuff that you've never done before and like messing it up and having to run back to Home Depot three times and like you know it taken way longer than the the guy in the four minute youtube video and like you know it's, yeah, it's yeah. just something exactly. to keep in mind you know like yeah. yeah the guy can do it in four minutes but it might take you three hours and two home depot trips later right you know <laughs> right absolutely we made the remark with the home depot trips too i think her dad and i did we did a bunch of <laughs> jobs together like my dad and i did stuff and we'd leave it like let's say 7 a.m and i'd be back but it'd be 9 30 i'm like like what the hell like what and they're like they're like dude you got to find the wood you got to get and like there's a reason guys they will like there's a reason contractors some guys this is their job this is they just prep the job and like that's why it's a thing that's why people do that yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense though right right so let me ask you guys what's kind of your uh your drive and your vision for the long term 
Do you want to go or should I? No, you go ahead. I'd say, so this is, I'm a big person on this mindset. Um, I think what, we'll, we'll talk about books at some point. I read a lot of like uh, like self-help books, I guess, at this and one common theme that I get from all of them, whether it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it could be, um, you know, the Brandon Turner, any of Brandon Turner's books. Yep. F- wealth and finance give you time and freedom and choice. And that's my motivator. I want the choice to say, it's really nice out. I want to go fly fishing right now. Or, hey, Nat and I, we could go, like, go on a minor trip together. Or let's say I have kids and I'm like, I want to go to their practice right now. I don't want to be restricted or held back by anybody or anything. I want to make sure that it's my choice, my time. I think there's some sacrifice, obviously, and things that to commit to. But if I have the flexibility and the time of choice, that is a major life win to me. Yeah. 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 No, I, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's almost, well, it is, you know, kind of using the concept of, of real estate and, and cash flow and equity and yep. the income and everything to essentially buy the life that you deserve and, and the life that you want and everything. And yep. it's, it really is a beautiful thing, you know, and not to be kind of held down by like the, the W2 or, you know, whatever it is and everything. And it's, it's really interesting, you know, and I, I definitely kind of look forward to the future where like more people kind of start hearing about like this type of mindset and, and that there's actually another option out there on the table if you want it. And this is the kind of impact that it can have, you know, and um, yeah, you know, because life's too short and there are kind of a, a lot of unhappy people out there and it's, it can be an absolute game changer, you know, and yep, absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So that actually um, is a nice transition um, to the how do you define wealth one? We, we just answered two of them. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. Right. So. Well, we laughed about it because we, you, you know, like you said, we we did look at the questions in the car because we wanted to make sure. And we both looked at each other when we said this and we said time. time. Yeah, easily. Well, yeah. I, was, I swear we didn't sync that. We didn't like it. <laughs> um, no, we both said time. I mean, like Andrew said before, just to touch on it again, it's, you know, we, we were fortunate enough in the beginning of our youth where we were able to travel internationally together for a few years. We want to be able to do that without the financial burden of, you know, a regular life. So, I, I mean, time is everything. Time is wealth. Totally. Yeah, it's a, it's like it's the it's the corniest thing ever, but the most precious commodity any of us have is time. 100%. And I think, uh, and I know Gordon definitely in the initial group, he he cracks it up. But like some people are like, oh, I want to buy five units in three years. He's like, the hell's wrong with you? Do it in a year. Do it in six months. <laughs> yeah, dude, and like yeah. it, it's a funny, but it's true. That's what he says. And he goes, why do you? Why? He's like, his question is always, why do you want to wait longer, five years? And I think that's a true reality. It's like you know, Nat and I to kind of talk about defining wealth, which is time you know, we have some different goals for ourselves. Like, you know, we're going to get married next year. And we made that choice based on a wealth decision for time for ourselves of like, Hey, we'd like to get two units before we get married. And that was a big thing. And I think that goes into the wealth aspect of some people would be like, Oh, why didn't you just, you know, what's that, what's that like uh, there's like an investment bureau where it's like you buy your first multi and it takes you five years to save up to buy your second. And when you have your second, then it takes three years to buy your third. And then it takes, you know, is there a way to cut that time down? Is that possible? And there's there's definitely ways to do it, I think. I think we're doing it one way by house hacking. That's saving time in other areas of our life. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And shout out to Gordon. Love you, man. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely one of the many things that, that I love about uh, Mr. Gordon, you know, is don't wait. Like life's literally way too short. Like get yep. to the, the point and let's do it. Let's kick ass, you know? And 
Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, hmm, let me see here. So what's something that you kind of thought about, you know, like business or investing or like creating wealth originally that has changed as you've gone along? You want me to go or you? You go ahead. On me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I would say I had a really interesting upbringing in terms of investments um, and financing. My parents are wonderful. They're great. They're blue car workers through and through. My mom's also, my mom's a professor, so I didn't say she's blue car. My dad's definitely a tradesman. Um, their financial advice for me, which I totally get um, to this day, which is cash is king, save your cash. And as I got older and I read more books and I kind of like kind of broadened my mind a little bit, I learned that it's really good to have cash. It's better to put your cash to work. And that was something that I had to learn that was not innate. That was definitely, it doesn't make sense to hold on to the, you know, to the, the cash pool, put it to work. And so, you know, like for myself, you know, I have a classic 401k. I also, my other retirement aspect is I have a Roth there, right? I always make sure I max that out every year. And then I also make sure that I, you know, I put a few bit of money away for the S and P every year, but that was never like actively working for me that I, I could physically see it all the time. Um, I would say that the financial aspect of that was also real estate. I didn't understand that my cash into real estate was coming back to me because I was always thinking single family. And I never was like, I'm going to live in there. That's not, that's, that's not, that's paying my future self in equity. Sure. But it's not giving me cash. It wasn't until we got the multifamily, we have a wonderful tenant and, you know, getting that cash flow every month. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is coming <laughs> back now. Like this is, this is a 30 day thing. This isn't a, I'll check my stocks in four years and be like, Oh, this went up 10%. Amazing. This is an immediate <laughs> return on investment that I'm getting and I'm going, okay, this is, this is the game now. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. No. And I think just to even touch on that again too, is, I mean, for me, it feels like the entire outlook has changed completely. Um, Andrew's definitely the better uh, saver, definitely the uh, spender of the relationship, <laughs> but um, if we're just completely honest, but um I think for me, it completely changed. I mean, I'm, I'm in sales, like I said. So getting that quick hit of money is just kind of, I, I enjoy awesome. it. It's like what I thoroughly enjoy and like love it. But um, I think just investing in yourself, this is my first, this probably sounds pathetic, but my first investment, honest to goodness, it is like, I did not know, um, I, know I don't dabble in stocks. I have no understanding of that. It's just the truth. It's just truth. But what I do know is real estate, luckily enough for me. But, um, you know, being this, my very first investment, it's addicting. Like I want to continue to do more. I want that quick hit of money every month, um, <laughs> where I don't have to stress about it and I know it's coming and I know that I can enjoy the lifestyle that I, that I want. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Something that I do want to touch on is I think it's extremely interesting. Like the dynamic that, you know, most of us are kind of brought up on of like, oh, you know, like save your money, save your money, save your money. And like, you know, just keep it in a bank account. Don't touch it, you know, whatever. And then it's almost like you kind of, you know, after reading like a rich dad, poor dad or something like that, or, you know, kind of breaking into like the investing or entrepreneurship kind of space, like that advice almost is actually bad. Like once you start to kind of see like the next part of that, and it's like, oh, like, that's great that you have like money saved up and you're liquid, like fantastic. Awesome. But, you know, once you start to factor in like inflation and like, you know, the bank account, like not adding interest, it's like, oh, like now I'm actually in a bad position. You're in a good position 
from where you started, but not exactly the most efficient position on level two of the game, you know? So it's like, I always found that really interesting, you know, from like kind of that original advice that, that most of us get growing up of just save, 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 save. And then once you kind of break into step two, it's like, actually, you don't really want to do that. You do, but you don't, you know, and, and kind of striking the balance there and, and putting it to work. Yeah. And I think uh, to kind of echo that there's definitely people out there. Like, I don't like, I think for the cash aspect too, I always try to, now always I make her laugh. I'm like, I'm like, you got to have an emergency fund. I don't care if it's five grand. I don't care if it's two grand, five grand, 10 grand. You got to have something. Cause if the boiler breaks, you got to have money. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you need, and if, if it's the middle of winter, you got to just shell out and whatever. So that, I think that's like kind of common. You know, I, I think that I, I definitely know people who like, if I've, I've always seen like the thing with Logan Paul, someone's like, oh, how much money you have in the bank? And he's like, oh, I have $5 million. And I'm like, what i'm like yeah, what in the bank like that's crazy like why not put that to work but everybody has their different threshold so that whole mindset like you're saying it's definitely uh that's something that it's it it's not it's something you're taught young i think by many of us but i think it's it takes taking a new information and understanding and really like salivating over being like what does that actually mean to understand it yeah it's it's really crazy you know kind of the more that you think about it it's nuts yep so out of your guys' experience so far, what's kind of your your best piece of advice to, you know, new investors that want to break into the game, like, you know, get the first house hack, go through the experience? What do you think? <laughs> you want to go? Uh, no, you go ahead. Why me? I thought you were going to say the dumpster. The dumpster? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always get the dumpster. <laughs> no, um, it's a joke we've had, but it's like the truest joke. Ever. It is a joke. Um, it's, it is. We're like, just always get the dumpster. Just I don't care if you think it's one room. Yeah, always get the, just dumpster. get the dumpster. Um, but best piece of advice to break probably, in. Yeah. Um, I think my one singular thing is really just to not not be scared of it. Um, which I know it seems very basic, but um, I, I think that there are more resources out there now that you know our, our parents had or before that you know we are able to reach out and network and and talk with people who would like to give back and yep. want to give back um and i think using those resources now in our day and age is more valuable than anything else so i mean even if you've never even again andrew and i are lucky with our background and our parents background but i genuinely think if you reach out to the right people you can do the exact same thing totally the, uh, I'd say my biggest piece of advice, I think everybody's situation is different. I think if you're a first time home buyer, I think the best piece of advice I can give you, because you're going to learn a lot about everything is to house mm-hmm. hack. Um, and I think if you're going to house hack, it's so easy to overanalyze a property. Um, that was something that I tried doing. And it was like, I was crunching the numbers. I'm like, okay, every unit should be between a hundred thousand and $200,000. Cause that's just what it should be. And, um, and that's just the way it is, but every analysis gets thrown out of the door, gets thrown under the window, because if you live in it and you're just not paying your full mortgage, then that's, that's just a win. There's no, there's literally no way around it. Um, and I would say that's a pretty big one that I, that I personally like enjoyed. And I'd say, and that's what the one I learned, I'd say the second biggest piece I would advise I would give is get the right your network is your net worth. I think that's a big true factor. And I think in part of that network and tapping into that network you have no idea what to not know. There's literally no way you can know perfectly everything that's going to go on. And I told that all the time, what we always mentioned, like the biggest lessons learned and 
everybody tried telling us about the Renault. They're like, the Renault's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. We have no, we had no freaking clue what the Renault was gonna be until we peeled the onions layer, until I took a crowbar <laughs> and pulled the wall back and I went, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think that part of that yep. network, net worth mindset is, I didn't have the confidence in doing that until like her father or my father or her mother or Nat was like, just rip the wall out. What it's, we're going to do this whole room anyway, who cares? And I think that part of that advice comes from a place of, you don't know what to not know until you're in it. And I think then you have to really be reflective and look back and say, okay, I learned a lot. So for new investors, mine is definitely, you know, embrace the change that you don't know what to not know. And to kind of just really jump into it and, go, and attack and tackle it and just look, if you can house hack do it and if you can't house hack find something that works for you that you're comfortable with yeah no i, I love that so much you know and it, it definitely is easy to kind of like you know have your nerves start to and anxiety like really start to kind of you know play its its part especially when you're first looking for a place and like you want everything to be like exact and like all the metrics get met and like everything be fantastic and right on the money and that's, I feel like a lesson in itself, because that's exactly how I was myself when I was looking. I'm like, oh, you know, like I need to know everything about everything before I jump in. And I couldn't have been more wrong in my entire life. You know, <laughs> it's yep. just, it's one of those things, yeah. you know, like you can only learn so much, you know, and you can only do so much due diligence until you actually like dip both feet in and just wing it, you yeah. know? And yeah, like that's, that's a big part of it. Like things are going to happen. Like you're going to uncover stuff that you weren't prepared for at all. You're going to learn the lesson and it's going to be all right. You know, it's, it's part of the game. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like the next time around, you know, and, and properties down the line, you're going to be able to leverage that experience and, and all the lessons from all the others to be able to, to come in with, you know, maybe a, a sharper eye each time that you do it or, yep. you know, yeah. mixing that with, you know, going to, you know, all of the resources, like, like you were just talking about, you know, like bigger pockets and, and Facebook, especially, mm -hmm. um, you know, Instagram, like meetups, like it's, it is like flabbergasting how much, like how many resources that we have in this day and age. To, Definitely. To That's like, the squirrel mindset. Yeah. Like yeah. there's just so many distractions. You have to really just pick one and just grab and go with it. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's ludicrous, you know? And I mean, even like, you know, if you have a question about like, I don't know, like what kind of paint should I do for a kitchen? Like there's like five types of paint. Like, I don't know. Like, I just want Sherwin Williams. Sherwin Williams forever. <laughs> <laughs> Painted every room in this house. Okay. Sherwin Williams, please sponsor me for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, like, who do you ask when you go to, to Lowe's or Home Depot and you see like satin, semi-gloss, gloss, like, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. I just want a green. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> definitely yeah, been there but you want There's yeah like 40 oh, shades of green dude you want forest green you want money green like come on <laughs> exactly you know and but yeah and like the more that you network the more that you're you're just constantly absorbing and just constantly being in that space like it's it's almost kind of like the more insured you're getting against like the challenges when things come up because like yeah you know like if if a pipe bursts or something yeah like that's horrible and expensive but, you know, if you happen to know a plumber in the area, like that's a phone call away ASAP, you know, right, and like, right. e exactly, you know, and yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a beautiful thing, you know, like just keep on networking, keep on going to events, keep on reading books, podcasts, and 
the resources that we have now, like I couldn't even imagine trying to do this like 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, <laughs> be in the public library, dude, and just hoping to meet somebody that is also like-minded. Yeah. Paying a lot of money towards a plumber, more yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh definitely huge credit to to all the investors that have been in the game for a very long time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. So my last question for you guys. Do you, well, actually you kind of answered it already, but I'm going to dig in with another part. So the question originally was, do you read? But the question I have now is what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? Multiple is okay. (laughs) If it it was just anybody, like if I had to give anybody a book, like whether they're fresh off the, like fresh out of high school or college or whatever, um, or just somebody that's been around for like, you know, 10, 20 years, but just thinking about it, it would just be rich dad, poor dad. I feel like that's the, that's such like the, the easier win of like any book to give someone and be like, this is super easy to read. If this resonates with you, there's so many avenues you can go with. Here's the book. Yep. I agree. I a hundred percent agree. Natalie, you got one? <laughs> I have to be a hundred percent. And I actually, Andrew and I were talking about this one too. I don't necessarily read too much into business investing or real estate books. I'm going to be honest because I tend to just go straight to my source, um, which again, I'm lucky to have. I either go to my grandfather who's built houses all throughout Connecticut uh, his entire life or my father who's a contractor or my mother who's currently in the real estate business and successful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's less less of me uh, reading or more of me going straight to the uh, source detail, really. No, I'm no honest. That's, that's awesome. That's it's perfect. You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there, Andrew. It's uh, that book is I paid like eight bucks for it on Amazon, and it's literally probably going to be one of the most highest returning investments I'll ever yep. make. Like that book changed my life. Like that's like infinite ROI times ten. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely I think that like you know, like he does give a, he does a good job giving like a good story about it. But I just think Mm -hmm. like, he just gives a very simple scenario of like, listen, like wealth is really, it's really not that complicated. Here's, here's my, here's my four box grid, the money you get from whatever it is, there's other way you can take that, put it something else that also gives you money in. And if you want to lose your money, just buy all this other stuff that you will, that's just going to be obsolete in three years and be done with it. And it was, it's really simple, but really profound. And you're just kind of like, okay, like, I think that's the hard part is that I think the, the one thing with that book that he doesn't tell you is like, you know, what should you do? And because I think a lot of people are looking for answers most of the time. And the problem is there's no true answer. Everybody has their own route. I know some guys that are infinitely that are my age that are 10 times as wealthy as I am because they option trade. But, and then they tell me there's a lot of risk with it. They're like, oh, I'm basically gambling. Like that's what I am doing. And there's some guys that just, they, they like, you know, like, like yourself, Kyle, or, you know, or Jason, or anybody else, they just go through real estate. I think you have to you have to, don't be a squirrel and try a thousand things. Pick one thing, try it for like six months. If it doesn't work, go to the next, go to the next thing. Just keep trying something until you feel like this is where I'm meant to stick. And that's really what that book tells you is put your money towards the thing that's going to earn, that's going to give back to you. Totally, man. No, I, I totally agree. And that's almost the challenging thing too, is there's so many options that it's overwhelming and it can yes. get overwhelming very easily. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, to your point, like even just in, in each of these asset classes alone, like real estate, there's a million bajillion things you can do. And there are a million bajillion people doing those things and making, you know, potentially making a, a solid amount for their efforts, you know, and 
yep. like like it all works you know it's it's yeah, I actually, it I for you <laughs> you know i actually I, I heard somebody say a phrase um this weekend it was uh what was it um like it you can only oh it's I'm trying to remember it was something about like if you're trying to like catch a chicken or something or like trying to catch two chickens at the same time like you get none of them like something like that yeah <laughs> basically like sounds... you could... no go ahead go ahead you're good you're good <laughs> that's okay no I, i'm totally butchering it right now and it's hilarious so i, I sound like a lunatic but no, basically like if there's like a bunch of like chickens running around a room and like you somebody tells you to pick up like two of them like you'll end up getting none because like like neither of it's gonna happen because you know fast enough i get that as, as, a, as a former farm boy i totally get that dude <laughs> so it's difficult to pick up two it chickens is very at difficult once. to pick up two chickens at once <laughs> so it can be done <laughs> it, it can, it be, can done. be it's just really hard right yes <laughs> but yeah i mean like circling that back you know like it, basically if you try and catch too many things at the same time if you're interested in too many things at the same time you're probably not going to make like deep enough significant progress in any of them and just kind of spread yourself out way too thin. And it's, right. uh, that was a really heavy lesson for me this year. Definitely. And yeah. it's, it's hard because, you know, like there's people doing short-term rentals and wholesaling and buy and hold and this, that, the other, and you know, everything sounds so glamorous and cool and, and it is now just might not be the right time for you for it. You right. Know? Right. Yep. No, I totally hundred percent agree with you. And that's definitely something like, I, I think that can attest with me. I like to try everything. That's just, I, I literally will just say yes, to everything. And then I'll mm -hmm. decide if it's a, if it's, if it's worthy of a no, that's the way I look at it. Like, you know, like, nope, it's literally not worth it or it is. And that's, yeah. that's to a fault. I think sometimes for myself, I think sometimes I take on too much, but then once I have the real, realization, I'm like, okay, I learned a lot from that, but like, am I adding value to myself right now? And that's, I'm okay. It's gotten me this far. So I'm going to probably keep doing it, but <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's, it's tough because like you want to stay open-minded and like, you don't want to close yourself off, but if you're too open-minded, then you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Like it's, yep. it's kind of like that, that balance. I, I definitely yeah, hear having the that. maturity to figure that out. Yeah. Yep. But guys, thank you so, so much for coming yeah, on man. here. This was that great. Was absolutely incredible. Where on um, like social media can you guys be found? Oh. You know, it's horrible. I don't even know my own handle. Honestly, oh. if you're in RA Ignition, just uh, <laughs> No, I think I'm uh, at you're... NJB11. No, you're, yeah. no. you're NJBarnett11 Instagram, I think. No, no, I'm NJBX11, like my AIM name from, from to the 2000s. <laughs> 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 and, I'm, and for myself if you just find like just andrew bosco like if, whether it's facebook or instagram doesn't really matter but i'll be in the group i'm always open to talk to people and meet people um honestly like a weird a weird one that i always suggest is linkedin just look up my name andrew bosco on linkedin um that's a pretty common one for me to recommend people yeah and um i'm definitely i have no problem i've honestly accepted more people that i don't know i've just been they're just like can i just talk about real estate or investing because i've heard of you in this other group like yeah go ahead i don't care like let's, let's just chat it yeah. yep that, that's how you and i had an hour-long conversation a couple yeah. weeks ago we were, we were both, i think we we're both in the car and i was like let's let it rip dude <laughs> that's that's what i love about real estate you know it's it's a lot of fun yep. yeah but yeah i'll i'll drop that stuff below guys thank you so so much yeah that of was course man. Awesome. Thank you. It Thank was you, really Kyle. fun. We appreciate it. Hopefully, the we can see you at a meetup coming up. That's one of our goals is to go to a meetup at some point, whether it's local or not. So it'll be good. Yeah.
Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully, you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build.